The following is a Sports Ethos presentation. of Round Ball Ramble. I am your host, Corbin Ford. You can follow me on Twitter at CorbinNBA. Like the intro says, this is a Sports Ethos presentation. So check out Sports Ethos on Twitter at, pretty simple, Sports Ethos, S-P-O-R-T-S-E-T-H-O-S, online, sportsethos.com. I tell you, I, I'm really not kidding. It's that simple. Sports Ethos, S-P-O-R-T-S-E-T-H-O-S. I had to repeat it for myself because I almost forgot how to say it. That simple, though. Not only do they have your fantasy basketball, your general basketball takes from yours truly, we also got baseball, football, just regular gambling advice, um, all that. You want it? They have it. So check them out over there. Also, listeners, please take a moment to follow at EthosFantasyBK on Twitter. The single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on earth. Get all of your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's fast in the competition. It provides more analysis too. Again, that's at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. Follow now. All right, y'all. Today, well, by the time y'all listen, this will be the 24th of March. We are getting out of March into April, uh, which is crazy. We are approaching the final week of the NBA season, at least the regular season, that is, which is also crazy. And joining me here, you know, we're just talking hoops. I would say to break it all down, but there's no guarantees we're going to do that. Is my friend, uh, my brother, SBC alum, Miguel Hidalgo. You can find him on Twitter at MiguelHR22. And definitely make sure you do worth the follow across NBA, WNBA, English, Spanish, talking about all of it. Uh, Miguel, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, bro. Thank you for the invite. Uh it wasn't really an invite. It was more like, yo, you want to talk basketball? Let's do, yeah. and let's do it. So <laughs> I, I think that that's better for, for the public. So it's going to be organic. It's going to be fun. Thank you for having me again. Hey, man, you know, of course, of course, man. I, it's it's um always fun to get with a friend and just talk, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of go at it and just have some fun. I mean, so much of, I think it's interesting because, ah, I bit my tongue again. All right. So I told Miguel before I started, um, I told Miguel, I told Miguel before I started, I bit the heck out of my tongue and like i was eating a chicken sandwich and i bit it and like i don't know what i was thinking i I bit like it was the last piece of chicken on earth which like it really wasn't and it was burger king bottom line <laughs> bit it hard drew blood and it's been hurting ever since made it hard to eat anything else like it's sore it's rough and i just went and bit it again but as i was trying to say before i distracted myself when i was like so much podcasting you know you come up with a, a set topic you go at it, you know, um, and, and it's, it's a good, good discussion, but I like the ones that are just free flowing in the sense that, you know, we're just talking what comes, what comes to mind. Like right now, yeah, uh, I'm looking here. Yeah, exactly. There isn't one, you know, it's not like, there's not a set end game in mind. There's like maybe a target time. That's only cause I bit my tongue. Like other than that, we just good. And I think what's funny, um, here is, um, I'm looking at Twitter right now. And did you see the Miami Heat uh, little exchange between uh, Jimmy Butler and um, Udonis Haslam? 
I haven't, but I'm, it doesn't surprise me though. Like they're both very intense competitors, so it makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, well, it, it, I mean, I, I look at it, it's funny, because Twitter goes crazy. NBA Twitter is really weird on, like, any scraps and altercations and anything basketball-related. If you play basketball, like, some of this is just part of the course, you know? It's competitive juices, it's your intensity, and, yeah, that can be directed towards your teammate as well. Maybe a teammate calls you out for something that you don't agree with or or something like that, and it's just like... I saw it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and it's like, I, I don't think it's that big a deal. Honestly... Winning teams, winning cultures will have a clash of in the, of heads. If you don't face adversity during the year, especially going into the playoffs, then you're not going to be successful. And Miami hasn't really faced, other than health issues, they haven't gone through any obstacles or any type of, of friction that you may say, I doubt what this team can do. So I think this is perfectly healthy. I think it's perfectly necessary. So... I, I wouldn't be really too concerned about it. And if they need anybody, we can send Kels over there and he can just do like a, a weekend seminar and just get everybody on the same page. I'm sure. He's oh yeah. To do yeah. That. He'll, he'll put up one of his, you know, his, you know, his singing voice. Yeah, uh, listen, <laughs> shout out to Kels. Uh, you can follow, follow him on Instagram, not really on Twitter, but just check out let's ball out. Um, yeah. Social media handles are there. Uh, Kelsley noted heat lover, also part-time singer, I guess. Um, but definitely a Heat fan and one who is probably not even phased by what just happened. Like, yeah, man, you know, that's what they need. I'm not going to do it with Kel's voice. I don't have the energy. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't have any either. And I wouldn't be doing it justice. But basically, he'd be chill about it. It's not a big deal. You know, the Heat are just doing what they do on their way to win a championship, even if I disagree. But I'm a Lakers fan, so what can I do? But um, I mean, I, I, I'm not a Lakers fan, but I disagree, too. I think they're very complete, but I think they're still missing something. Yeah, you know, I well, okay, so let's talk about it. I mean, um, in terms of the heat, what do you think they're missing? A star, to be honest, they're yep. missing a star. Like, we've seen through history of the NBA that winning teams have winning players. Now, the only exception that comes to my mind, and you're more or less my age, so you may think mm-hmm. of the same, is the Detroit Pistons of 2003. Four? Four? Oh yeah, 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 that one they beat the Lakers, Four? so it's ingrained in my That's brand. the only, yeah. So it's the only team that didn't have a star to win, and not to disrespect Jimmy in any way, but he's not I guy. think I think Jimmy is exactly he's not the number one option on a championship team. But that's my opinion. I I love his game. I I I love his story more than anything else. Like not being recruited, going to JUCO, then getting to Marquette, et cetera, et cetera. But I just don't I don't see them having that player that will get you those tough buckets when the miles count. Yeah, no, especially you realize that the dude is shooting like a horrific, horrific percentage from three. And he's, like, he's always been like that, though. Yeah. And it's like, but in, it, I mean, he's always been a subpar to bad three point shooter. Absolutely. But like this is whole new levels. This is Russell Westbrook levels of like just utter incompetence from out there. Um, wow. I think um, StatMuse had said, yeah, at, this was from March 3rd, that he had made two of his 20, last 23 three-point attempts. He was shooting 19% on three, 36% from the mid-range. That's awful. Like, and that was and that was from earlier this month. I'm trying to see um, another update of one that StatMuse has done on him. But it's like, that is rough. You know what I mean? Yeah, and think about it. They have the shooter set they have 
can't guard, and the players that can guard can't really shoot. So yeah, it's a mismatch. You're giving, uh-huh. you're giving something up at, at some point. Yep. Oh, there it is. So Jimmy Butler is three of 31 from three since February. I can shoot better than that. That uh, Dude, I, I trust that you can. That's nine percent from three and that is your go-to bucket guy i mean tyler hero has come to his own definitely playing more um last week he's a shoe-in for six men of the year but i think we saw in that philadelphia game that philadelphia team that by the way didn't have joel Embiid, didn't have um james harden and they went and did the same play over and over like you knew doc river was going to run the heck out of that play and he did to isolate on tyler hero and go to work and they scored again they scored again i think they ended up scoring nine out of twelve possessions on Tyler Hero. Like, and that, that's just an example, which Eric Spolster is in a pickle because he's your most reliable source of offense in that game, yet he can't defend anybody. Or when he can defend it, at that point, Tyrese Maxey was just too much on a roll. So it's like, what do you do? And I think you're right. Like, Eric Spolster is that good of a coach that he's been able to kind of circumvent that. But mm-hmm. it, it is more of a, hey, like, what's going on here? You know, like, Okay, are we rolling out an offensive unit? Are we deploying more of a defensive unit? Can we make enough threes or or get enough offense eked out from that unit to make stops? Can we reverse that? It's a lot there. And we talk about with Miami. We talk a lot about depth. Like we talk about um, Martin. We talk about uh, Strauss. In playoff time, that lineup is going to get shorter. It's inevitable. You can't play ten deep in the playoffs. You might want to do so, but these teams making adjustments will not give you the opportunity to do so. So, for example, if they get uh, a matchup with the Sixers, they're not going to be able to be switching everybody and getting all the guards playing time. Like, you have to focus on stopping James Harden and Tyrese Maxey. And I'm not even talking about what Embiid's going to do down low. So, That's true. I don't know. I think they have, they have a couple of questions. So, I think this friction that they're encountering today – is very necessary and may help them in the future. I mean, hopefully so. I mean, you're right. Like, maybe this is one of those trial-by-fire type things. I mean, I'm a Celtic fan, so if they lose, I, like, I don't really don't mind. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> no if, I, on that. Yeah, if, I'm, if I match up with the Sixers, I'm not scared at all. Like, my fear level is zero. I would be more scared to go against Miami. So if they lose it early, <laughs> I wouldn't be concerned at all. No, that makes that makes sense. I I think that Miami at this point is probably a shoe in for, I want to say the second round. Well, they would be going against either the Hornets or the Hawks. The Hawks have been playing good recently, uh, but I don't think they're better than Miami in any sort of way. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think they they got a second round in them. I, I think that's more or less what I'm seeing as well. So I, I'm with you on that. Um, another team, let's let's kind of look at the West. I think this team was um, having some trouble earlier against the Minnesota Timberwolves, and that is uh, the Phoenix Suns. It was a one-point game, eight minutes left as recording this. Uh, the Wolves definitely trying to win to kind of get in that 60 battle. We're currently in with Denver, although Denver currently like is in sole possession. Um, and they're playing a, a Phoenix Suns team that is, of course, without the services of a Chris Paul. Um but does have indeed a Devin Booker and have been a strong unit all season long. But the Suns are another team where I think they have more of a star in Devin Booker, but I don't think he, and maybe this is just me being short on my part. I've, I've never been like blown away by the Suns. Like they're a very solid team. They play great defense. They get enough offense from around the positions. 
Of course, Chris Paul's a great point guard. Of course, Devin Booker's probably the best shooting guard out there right now. But, like, for whatever reason, I don't fear that team. And I agree. Like, I, if I put this team next to those Steve Nash, Amari Stoudemire, Sean Marion teams, I can't say this team is better. So, mm-hmm. I'm not really – I am a big Devin Booker fan, except when he whined in, like, in pickup that you can't double-team him. Uh, but I think he's great. Uh, DeAndre Aiden, I think, is a very solid center. Uh, Chris Paul's the difference in this team. If Chris Paul's not playing, they're not going to win the championship. Like, Chris mm-hmm. Paul is that level of leader and assist man because he makes life so much simpler. Uh, you know you got low turnover ratio, so a good assist to turnover ratio. So everything is basically based on how Chris Paul comes back from this injury. Yeah. Uh, his conditioning may be off. Um, his shooting may be off, at least in the beginning. They would have a favorable matchup no matter who they play on. No, you know what? I'm I'm gonna give you some hope, Corbin. If they <laughs> match up with New Orleans, then I think they easy breezy. But if they oh, yeah. match up with the Lakers, a fully healthy Lakers squad. Oh, that'd be amazing. Uh, I think they would have a little bit of trouble if CP3 is not like a hundred percent. Because Again, you got the second best player of all time. Uh, Anthony Davis, one healthiest oh, top player. I'm fine. We have that uh, conversation. Uh, today. Yeah, we can have that <laughs> conversation later. I, I respect your opinion. Uh, I'm really not going to argue about it. <laughs> he like has MJ. Yeah, he, and you got some arguments in his favor. So I don't. I'm not going to. It's gonna an interesting die conversation. Yeah, we'll have to tackle that sometime in the future. But <laughs> I think the Lakers could could. Put the Suns in an awkward position. Not sure if they can beat them, but they can make it really difficult for them. Yeah, no, I agree. It's it's one of those things where when the Suns beat the Lakers last year, yes, mm-hmm. I, I think the Suns are a better team. Obviously, they've shown up being the second best team in the, in the Western Conference. Lakers are seventh, yes, because of injury, but when they were healthy, they weren't like great, right? You could say that was a, 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 a knock toward their lack of continuity, absolutely, but at the same time, they weren't on the Suns level. Then when the Lakers went up 2-1, I was like, okay, great. You got LeBron, who still was noticeably grounded. Remember, he wasn't jumping around dunking like before. You know, he's more ground-bound. Definitely seemed to have um, still dealing with the ramification of that ankle injury. And you see Anthony Davis and, and, and Davis still, you know, kind of being hampered. But they still played great. And that 2-1 lead was gave you hope that, okay, wow, the Lakers could pull this off. You know, I was definitely on board with that. Mm-hmm. Once AD went, got hurt again, the Suns at that point, even with the injured Chris Paul, were just too much. But, like... I think it's like split hairs. Like, Suns fans are like, well, you're clearly the better team. It's like, well, you were down 2-1. Like, let's remember that, right? <laughs> Laker fans, man, you know, if we hadn't had AD injury, we would have won. But, like, the Suns were with you. It wasn't like you guys were blowing them out. You know what I mean? Like, the Suns are a good team. It was just a very thin margin of error. And, yeah, you might have beaten them. But at the same time, like, look at the regular season. The Suns, again, were where they were for a reason. So, it is one of those things where it's like, I wish we could get some closure on it. Like, okay, both teams fully healthy. What do we get? I just don't think even if that situation arose this year that we would get that. Uh, I agree. I agree. Like, I, I believe the Suns are better. Uh, I would love to see a, a Phoenix Suns-Lakers matchup. Like, historically, it's always been very entertaining. Uh, the Lakers this year, like, like you already know, like, this team was poorly constructed, uh, not a lot of flexibility. So, you're just depending on the maybe best player in, in history. I'm going to give you that maybe. Thank uh, you. With, 30, <laughs> uh, with 37? He's 37? Uh, yeah, 37. Trying to get you up there. Like, 
that's just too much to ask, to be honest. Mm-hmm. From from him, from whoever. I, I don't think even Jordan could do this. So it's it's gonna be a, a tough series for them. But if they were fully healthy, like with AD, I think they can make it like challenging. They probably lose, but make it challenging. No, I know what you mean. Absolutely. I mean, at least the thought would be there to to make things difficult, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, a thought that quite frankly isn't there right now. And I think that's weird. I, I, I want to take that from the Suns, almost the Jazz, who I think are, are like the Suns light. Like the Jazz definitely don't strike fear in me as a no, quote unquote zero. contention team. Like, I'm not sure where that is coming from, but I don't see it, man. What What are your thoughts on Utah? Because I mean, you kind of already leaked a little bit over here, but I'm not, I'm not liking it. Yeah. Utah's just, I don't see any difference from last year. Like I still think that Donovan isn't really too happy with uh, Rudy. Uh Mike Conley, super solid. I love him since uh, his Ohio State days. The Joe Ingles injury is just horrible for this team. Uh, yeah, Bogdanovich. I mean, I, it's the same thing as last year. I don't see any progress. Actually, they're doing worse this year than they did last year. So I wouldn't have any fear if I was Dallas, who would be matching up with them. Mm-hmm. And Dallas doesn't fear me either. To be honest, who? this is a question for you. Who do you think like strikes fear in the West? Because I see the Memphis at number two, and I'm not scared either. No, I, you know what's funny? I don't think there is a team in the NBA this year. I will go even farther. Than that. I don't think there's a team in the NBA this year that strikes terror to me. There's not a team out there I'm looking at going, oh yeah, like I'm terrified. Like Brooklyn last year, that was a team. Miami of years past, that was a team. Golden State in between those years, that was a team. You know, even when LeBron and AD were together and winning, that wasn't a team you were scared of. It was a team that was good. But there's a difference between being a good team and a team that you don't want to face. And, like, right now, I mean, Milwaukee, they've looked very mortal this year, you know? A lot of they're going to Brook Lopez, but uh, still look kind of mortal. Um, look at Miami. They're not born, but okay. Look at Brooklyn. They're down. They don't have three guys. They have two and a half, or wherever Ben Simmons is. And you just barely, I guess that's the news. I mean, I mean, guys, I uh, didn't even barely leave there, but apparently um, there is news that uh, New York is going to lift their um, weird kind of ruling over private workers without vaccine. So that Kyrie Irving, bottom line, will be eligible to play as soon as Sunday back at the Barclays Center. So there is the news there. But like, even with Kyrie back, I'm not scared of the Nets like they're a very good team but they have injuries they have a mismatched defensive um challenge roster uh like there's no worry there Philadelphia I mean listen half those guys are the flop to get the line Joel Embiid and James Harden are great Tyrese Max has been good but like who else is there you know right. on a consistent basis so we're running down these teams Utah come on now give me a break Golden State Steph Curry's out when Steph Curry was in you didn't have Draymond Green when you had Draymond Green and Steph Curry you didn't have Clay so I mean we run through four or five teams now all are who contending, quote unquote, for the play, for the for the finals, and none of whom you're like worried. I don't know who comes out of the East. I can at least guess the Suns make it out the West, but I have no idea who comes out of the East. And I think that's what makes it interesting, though, because usually in basketball is one of those sports that the best teams you know who they are, you know they're going to go far. It, there's very little margin for error or change, so. This being such a wide open field, I think it makes it interesting for us, the fans and the analysts, because, again, we don't know what happens. We have a Boston Celtic Cleveland Cavalier three versus six matchup today. That's a great series in itself. I mean, with Tatum, how he's playing, Jalen Brown, how he's playing. 
And then those young guys from Cleveland, just Garland, uh, Mobley. I mean, that would be a great series. But I agree. Like, I don't, I don't fear any of these teams. But if I was Milwaukee, I would fear Brooklyn because they just got past them because uh, Kevin Durant is size 15, <laughs> something like that. Like, Kevin Durant put them in skates for a whole series. And with Kyrie being as fresh as he is, if that mandate is taken off, I think that they can make a push for them. Like, nobody can stop KD. Nobody has and Nobody probably will. And Giannis is not going to be the one who stops him. So it's going to be a matchup that may be interesting. Milwaukee isn't as – and I, I, I thought they would get better, but the loss of P.J. Tucker just hindered them completely, which was so – irresponsible to not use another word uh them losing pj it was just horrible because that was was the one yeah give him his money like he got you a chance well Mm -hmm. he didn't get it but like he was very big reason he was the guy who's who's sticking kevin durant this year nobody they go in the playoffs Giannis proved that he can't do he got cooked you can't put drew on him because that's going to leave Kyrie like vulnerable thank you thank you like who are you like i don't see it semi ozalite no you know what i mean uh, other guys that you have that might be there are too small and not quick enough. I mean, mind you, you, even on your best day, Pete Tucker didn't stop Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant was still half a foot, half a toe away from knocking the Bucks out anyway. But at least he was that much resistance. Like you are giving up significantly less resistance now with anyone else you chop to, to 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 face Durant if you were to match up with them on the other end. Like your only hope is to say that you have enough on your end of the team to overwhelm Brooklyn. You know, but as we saw last year, Milwaukee was a strong team. And even without having a full James Harden or a full Kyrie Irving, they still almost lost. So, like, think about that for a moment. And you're, like, running it back. Mind you, the games aren't played on paper. They're played on the court. But if we're using what we saw on pay, on, on the court last year as any sort of, uh, I don't know, not a sign, but any sort of, like, uh, peek into what could come, like, it's not very promising for the Bucks, especially now that Kyrie would play all games. Exactly. So, honestly, on the East, I would fear the Celtics, to be honest. Like, they're playing awesome. Yeah. Awesome basketball. Defensively, they're just on sync. Like, getting Horford back, getting Tice back, people who already know the system, because Ime Odoka seemed really changing that much from Brad Stevens. Mm -hmm. We were just not healthy. Uh, Marcus Smart is the best defensive guard in the NBA. I don't care. Like, Mm-hmm. The stats prove it. Nobody can score on this dude. Uh, so honestly, I would fear playing the Celtics because Tatum thinks he's one of the top five players in the NBA, and right now it's hard to argue with him. Uh, I don't believe he's top five, but he's playing like one. Yes, and that's a, that's why I'm not scared about Boston. I think that when their jumpers falling, all of a sudden, you know, Tatum looks like a top five guy. The Celtics look a top five team like they all look great but like think about the first half of the year with the jumpers weren't falling and their defense wasn't as good right now the defense is good enough that they'll keep them some games and you know the law of averages skewed the opposite way so the jump shots are falling in my mind is at a more abnormal uh, rate which is great for them but mm-hmm. if they start fading away i mean your two main offensive guys are still your two guys that's 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 um jason Tatum and jalen brown you know like in my mind it could still go another way and quickly but I've seen an improvement in, in Tatum specifically. 
Because Tatum, and then his first years as a pro, he didn't attack the basket. He couldn't. He wasn't physical enough. He didn't have their strength. And that's understandable. I, I was frustrated by it, but he didn't do so. This year, he's attacking the basket a lot. And he's getting to the line, which is something that those are easy buckets for him. Like, if he can make a tough 30-footer, he can make, like, a, a free throw. You should be able to. That's the so, idea. So, I, I would – I don't know. I think that Jay's doing that change from second tier to first tier. Not there yet. But I don't think this team is the same as previous years, though. Like, I'm seeing a different aggressiveness side. I do agree with you. If the jumper's not falling, it makes it a lot tougher for them. But – I don't know. I think they can. If you ask me, can they beat the Bucks? I think they can. Can they beat the Bulls? I certainly think they can. Oh the man! Sixers, like all, I can beat the Sixers anytime. Like, mm-hmm. can they? Can they beat the Heat? Mm, that would be a, t- a fun matchup to that, see. Yeah, that would be something that remains to be seen. I agree with you on that. Let's let's take a moment to talk about Chicago because. Chicago seems to be a team that is very good at beating any team worse than they are, which is good for something. But if you are just about at their level or better, it's not going to happen. Like, Chicago is going to lose. I mean, the record has shown, and the numbers are not too kind. Like, what are your thoughts on the Chicago Bulls? Because I definitely see them as a finals contender. I know you didn't bring them up for a reason. No one's actually really scared of them. Like, they when they win, it's great. But, like, I just... I feel LeVar Ball is having a ball to be ah. uh, pun pun intended. Like Le, Le, like Lonzo is very important to this team. And nobody knew how important he was until he got out. Like he until he got injured, we didn't actually see how easy he made life for Levine, for DeRozan, and for everybody else, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. Um I I knew this team was gonna fall eventually. Like I can't trust uh Zach Levine as a top two player in, in a championship caliber team. Uh, DeRozan, hey, I love DeRozan since he's playing for Toronto and so on and so forth, but he's not that guy either. He's not no, the he's number not. one guy in a championship team. So I'm not surprised of the fall off. Um, what you said, they they beat the teams that they're supposed to, and that's part of the game and, and seeding-wise. But other than that, the Sixers are going to cook them like, they're not going to stop and beat. Vucevic is not going to do that. No, they're really not. They're, there's nothing there. There's no resistance there. Um, and yeah, you know, Patrick Williams just returned from injury. Yeah, you know, the, the loss of Alex Crusoe for a big part of the season, like you mentioned, um, Lonzo Ball, that's a big thing. But I, even then, I don't see it. You know, it just isn't something that was going to happen. And maybe next year they can improve upon it. I don't know if we're going to get as good at DeMar DeRozan year. He's surely going to be all NBA this year. Um, yeah. The whole MVP talk was a little overblown, and I think we saw that more and more with each of, you know. Who you, who you got for MVP? Like, that's a, that's like a a, a strange race. Mm-hmm. Got, it's got very MB, strange. Jokic, uh, who else is uh, LeBron? Is LeBron, like, in the conversation? Uh, listen, I am as big a LeBron fan as you know. I'm a homer on it. I want him to be, absolutely. But I can't in good conscience put him there when the Lakers are a play-in team. Okay. Uh, I, 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 I want I you. I want you. Absolutely want you. But like, yeah, the, the, this is a playing team off the bat. I can't do it to him. But like, based off his numbers, historically speaking, it's gonna be one of the great years of any player thirty-five and older. You know, a bunch of records to break down, a bunch of stuff to go there. Like, absolutely, I want to say with you. But like, like you said, it's yeah, no, I, you can't. You just can't. It's yeah. 
It's Do we have anybody else in the race? Um, I'm looking at a two-man race between Embiid, Joel Embiid, and Nikola Jokic. And right now, I'm still leaning Joel Embiid. I think he's just been more dominant this season. Um, in spots like mind you, Jokic's been consistent. Jokic's been monstrous as well. But I love the performance I've seen from Embiid. Um, I love the fact that he's kind of building off what he had last year before he got injured. And I think that's cool. And listen, in my mind, and yeah, this is why I'm not many reasons I'm not a voter. But one of the thoughts is Jokic doesn't care about it and already got it. So like Embiid is mm-hmm. going for it. He's been playing that way. He's proven like, hey, he's that guy this year. Um, when him and um, when him and um, Jokic teamed up, that was beautiful basketball when they went head to head. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw that game. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I think this MVP race is, uh, and let me see what word, remember I'm Spanish speaking first. Uh, mm-hmm. and basically, it's the same as this season. Like, it's, you don't see like a dominant MVP. Like, no. it's not a surefire thing. You haven't seen anybody like put the team on their shoulders and just take them to the top. Mm-hmm. Like, I would give it to Embiid just because he lost Simmons. He and he took the well the the responsibility of being the number one guy for this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people like forget there was serious discussions about who the Sixers should keep, like if Embiid or Simmons. This was actually a discussion, which is hilarious in retrospect, right? Yeah. So he took that challenge on. Philly is not an easy city. If if you've been there, you know. So and plus getting hardened there and him not having to adjust too much. He's a four seed. So it's not like he's doing anything out of the ordinary, but I don't know. I don't think they'll give it to Jokic a second year straight. Uh, It would be like Steve Nash territory. And I don't think they're going to do that. No, I doubt it as well, but I don't know. This MVP race is, it's not that fun compared to other seasons no it really is and it's 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 like part mild intrigue really part nba twitter to argue over semantics and advanced numbers and what the eye test says and this guy's the mvp and if you don't think so you're stupid you don't watch basketball all the other useless debates i really don't like to get into but i'm with you on that i I think either way it'll be interesting both both guys are deserving in my opinion i'm not gonna lose any sleep if Jokic wins like great you know yeah this and that's where i'm at on it like i personally think Embiid, your miles may vary but like with that being said, like, if Embiid wins, great. You know, I like that pick. If Jokic wins, okay, great. I like that pick, too. You can't go wrong, you know? And I guess that's better than having a team that could go wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'd rather have that that than you do, like, a 2011 Derrick Rose, where, like, yes, Derrick Rose had an amazing season for his standards, but LeBron James was the MVP that year. Hmm, Interesting. Very interesting. I, I want to give an opinion because, but I don't have like the facts right now, so I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to uh-huh. be responsible. Hey, we'll I, bring you I, back I, in to give some more talk. Eh? Yeah, but I do remember like like me wanting D Rose to win, but I, I have to look at the facts again. Like I, too many sports, but <laughs> yeah, like, but I'll look at that. It's very interesting. Now you have me thinking. I'll look at that 2010 2011 season. Telling you, man, it, it, it's 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 something I thought was pretty interesting myself. Um, I'm intrigued to see what you think about. It. I think someone put the numbers. Out. I won't have it offhand, but that's why I'm also not going to do it. But basically, like, like I, look it up. I think LeBron. I think LeBron had it. I think it's an, you know. I think that looking at it now, like as time has has went on, like it's fine. You know, it's good that um, Derrick Rose was 
played. I just feel it's bad now because he's going to be one of those guys like, oh, the first guy to um, not, you know, not make the, not make the Hall of Fame or whatever. Like, that sucks. Yeah, he was so talented. Though. You know, and, and my line is like, okay, don't put him in as a um, don't put him in as a um, Hall of Famer, and then you want to worry about having to you know, make this weird only thing to not make the Hall of Fame, because that's just weird. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. just unfortunate, and it, it sucks. Uh, Derek Rose was just, he was just an, a natural athlete. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I can't say he's a, a natural basketball player, but his athleticism was off the chain, so I, I can I can feel you. Yeah, I would, I would agree with you on that. I would agree with you. Natural athletes who just haven't played basketball. And- I think now he's more of a basketball player than ever. Yeah, and I want to talk about somebody who's not an athlete. We talk about this off the air, but I, I need to talk about this now. Like, let's stop this Carl Anthony Towns being the best big man shooter Uh-oh, of all time. There we go. Okay. I will not permit this slander in any space that I am in. No. Did you, like, did y'all not see Dirt in the Whiskey play? Apparently not. Some of you. <laughs> I mean, there is a stretch for because of Dirk No Whiskey. Mm-hmm. He's the guy who made that possible. Yeah, like I can understand like pe- young people like see- saying this because all they've seen is positionless basketball, and that's fine. But positionless basketball hasn't hasn't been around for more than ten years, mm-hmm. and probably less. So Dirk No Whiskey was an unheralded European phenom. But nobody knew who he was because there was no Instagram, no YouTube, nothing like that. This was just a whim by Don Nelson and his team. And after probably like three horrible years, rookie years, second and sophomore year, and that third year, mm-hmm. Dirk became what he became, which is an all-time player, right. Hall of Famer. He beat Miami with – I can't, we're not going to say scrubs because we're not going to disrespect Jason Kidd, Sean Marion, Jason Terry and stuff. Yeah, oh, not, was, not Sean Marion after what we heard recently. But he, what do we hear? Oh, Sean Marion was on a Twitter space going off about how he's been disrespected, how he's one of the great winners of our time, how people make fun of his jump shot for no reason. Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, not for no reason. I mean. Oh, yeah. no. I mean, hit on the jump shot where apparently every, he's like, everyone has a different jump shot. Like, y'all just want to clown on mine to disrespect me. But, like, I've done this and I've won this. And mind you, I, I, I agree with his winning and the fact that he does get uh, uh, not enough credit for that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, yeah, you got to listen to him, man. He went on an epic, like, rant, expletive laden just about how, you know, he was had to make his game adjust to everyone else. How he shot thirty five percent from three with that jump shot, and people still gave him a hard time. And Nikai's Duncan wrote a great little follow up piece, kind of basically backing up what Sean Marion said. Like he had a three year stretch where he was shooting like fifty percent from the field, thirty three percent from three, and like yeah, on three attempts per game or three attempts per per game at the time. But that was actually pretty decent considering that was the time. So Scotty Pippen vibes is what you're telling me, mm-hmm. huh? Scotty Pippen vibes, like just yeah, yeah, it, well, yeah, yeah, in a major way, yeah. Okay, so Sean Marion was very versatile. He was very important in mm-hmm. what was the Phoenix Sun machine with Nash, Amare, <laughs> Boris Diaw, Roger Bell, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, for those who saw him play, like Sean Marion 
we will remember who he is. But history will not be kind with Sean Marion, though. Like, why do you think that? Because he's he didn't win a championship for one. He and he's not like an an all time great. He's not going to be top one hundred uh, whenever they do the hundred hundred top players in the NBA. I, no yeah, thing. I mean, it's I think he's been disrespected. You know, what I mean, that's what's unfortunate. And I agree. Like, I agree that he deserves some recognition, but history is not going to be kind because history lets itself be known by numbers. So somebody who didn't see him play uh, will not see his numbers and think, oh, this dude was very important in this team. You and I know this because we saw them play. And it's just something that happens with basketball and, and any type of history, uh, sports history for that matter. Like, if a player was very important but not legendary, his name is not going to be mm-hmm. talked about, which is what happens with a lot of players like Derek Harper when he played uh, in Cleveland and Chicago. Uh, not Chicago. Like, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, um, I know what you mean. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. We jump on different teams. Mm-hmm. So I, I get it. I get his beef. Uh, but it is what it is, though. Like, It is. Unfortunately, it's one of those things. And that's 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 all it's going to be. You know what I mean? Like, yep. I'm glad at least he gave a, himself a chance that we're going to talk about him for a couple of days. Like I said, got a great piece in front of Kyle's Duncan on him. So that's pretty good. Like, he got himself some airtime. You know, I know it wasn't his goal. He was really to put some respect on his name. Um, probably not what happened. But ultimately, like, that being what it was, like, listen, you know, it's unfortunate. But yeah, it's just, it's not, it's not a thing right now. You know what? You know what? You talked about him last episode, Jamal Crawford. I think it's more or less the same story. Like Jamal Crawford is one of the greatest handlers in the history of the game. Can score the bucket anywhere. Like mm-hmm. literally, you can put him on top of any mountain, a hundred feet above sea level, and he can make a bucket. But history's not going to remember Jamal Crawford aside from those who actually saw him play. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's unfortunate, and we. You and our generation, we're 20s, 20s, 30s, have to do like a better job of bringing history to light for those who are younger in generation. Like, I remember in SBC, somebody told me I, I haven't seen Allen Iverson play, and that shocked me to my core. Wow, that's crazy. And I was like, but you know what? You're right. You're 20. So I understand you're not seeing Allen Iverson. So if we don't keep his legacy or we don't explain, what how his, massive yeah. he, how massive he was then i understand you not knowing who Allen Iverson is it's the same thing that happens us with somebody like Kevin McHale we never saw Kevin McHale play mm-hmm. all we know is history they tell us he had the greatest footwork in the history of a big man aside from Kareem, from Kareem and Hakeem and that's probably true but that's by hearsay mm-hmm. that's not something we actually saw so i get it but it's that's not disrespect there. No, no. I, you made an excellent point there. Like, just because we have a whole new flock of players who are taking the game and carrying it to greater and greater heights, let's not disrespect those who kind of set the boundary, who who, who made this what it is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm with you there. Um, before I let you go, Miguel, you have any last uh, basketball takes here? It's been a great little conversation, man. As I was I'm like, oh, we'll make it a little short half an hour deal. And we're, we're going almost into an hour, but it was good. I, I, I always love talking with this. We're going to do this again. Uh, that this is going to be a great postseason. Uh, if there's going to be upset city, it's going to be this postseason. So mm-hmm. I, I think we just have to watch and enjoy. And you listen to 
this great podcast that my boy Corbin hosts I every week. You, and also, I, I don't know if I can plug them, but let's ball Absol- out. Hey, hey, you, dude, you plug whatever you want. You know we got to plug our fam from Let's Ball Out, but yeah. you have open reign all the time. Yeah, so I got two of, two of the best basketball podcasts here with them and with Corbin. So honestly, just keep listening, and you're going to have a great time. Appreciate that, man. Thank you so much, Miguel. Dude, we got to give this man on this show more. We got to give this man on Let's Ball Out more. This is one of our great minds from SBC. Fantastic person. My only regret is not talking to him like three days earlier. There were so many people. That's what I always say. I'm like, darn it. Like, if I only met you day one, if I only met you day one, but we had like, I don't know how many people in that room, you know? We yeah. meet so many, but it was, man, just awesome, bro. You're an awesome dude. Appreciate you. Um, listen, y'all, make sure to follow Miguel on Twitter at Miguel HR22. For me, you can follow me on Twitter at Corbin MBA Sports Ethos on Twitter at Sports Ethos online, sportsethos.com. It is that simple, but that much helpful. All right. Definitely show some love there. I definitely do appreciate it. Um, also, one last final thing, y'all, before I let you go for today, please, please, please. I want to remind you to use the coupon code HoopBall20. Yes, I know we are Sports Ethos now, but the coupon code is still the same. HoopBall20 at Manscaped.com for 20% off your order and free shipping. Also, check out our pals at MyBookie.ag. Use the code HoopBall on the third page of time to unlock deposit match bonuses there as well. Make sure to do that. HoopBall20 from Manscaped.com and HoopBall from MyBookie.ag. All right, y'all. That'll do it for Miguel. For myself, we are frosty. Y'all stay frosty. And I'll talk to y'all real, real soon. All right, y'all. This has been a Sports Ethos presentation.